0: It must be Zamsos growing in your yard, garden or barn.
1: You've done it right, you see.
2: How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. I'm excited to be back in studio, live, and uh, getting a chance to talk to you again. It is a just an absolutely gorgeous Saturday, um, which means, I think, there are some things we should take care of out in the lawn and garden today. So we're going to talk about some of that stuff. Um, if you'd like to be a part of the show, I've got a few different things um, I would like to talk about, but as always, I would rather talk about the things you want to talk about. So give me a call 208-336-3700 or one 800 529 kboy We got a little bit of rain earlier in the week, which was really nice. Um, and then it's just been just absolutely beautiful weather. And uh, I think uh, it's just exciting, man. There's, I was just thinking about on the way in how many things like there, I don't have, I don't think I have enough time to do the things that I, all the things I want to do uh, over the next, uh, few weeks, uh, or even really today. I don't think I have enough time to do all the things I want to do today. Um, because I do like to portion a good part of my time to nothing. Um, so, you know, I got to work that in there, but uh, I'll get plenty of stuff done out in the lawn and garden today. Today, Actually, I was thinking about doing some pruning. Um, I've been, uh, Been reading a lot about pruning the last, uh, actually this last week, um, particularly of fruit trees, and I've realized I've done a handful of things wrong, so I need to correct some of those things. But uh, yeah, if you'd like to be a part of the show, give us a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. We had our first class of the year today at all 13 Zamzos. We had our workshop today, which did sell out, which was really exciting. We weren't expecting that, Um, and that was at our State Street location Uh, and that's just finishing up. So so I'm hoping that, uh, you know, if you got to go to the seed starting class, I'd love to hear from you. Or if you're still out and about, you know, just have fun. Uh, but that's just finishing up next week. We do have another free class. This one's going to be at all 13 stores. You're going to be, we're going to have our chicken class, which is always a very popular class for a lot of people. Um, chickens that are still very popular with a lot of folks, uh, around the treasure Valley, which is fantastic. You've got this, you know, another way to uh, be self-sustaining and growing, raising chickens in the backyard and getting food. And that's a fun way to do it. So that class will be at all 13 stores. It is free uh, to anybody that wants to attend. And it starts at 10, goes till about 11 o'clock. And then the week after that, we will have our first lawn care college that will also be at all 13 locations. And is free. Um, And again, going from ten to eleven, we have another one later on in that month, uh, in March as well. So, the other thing I've been really excited about, mostly, I mean, not not mostly. It's a it'll be fun uh, for one thing. But I've been working on it, and this is a thing we're going to do in March, and I'm really excited about it. Last year we did, we called it Berry Fest. This year we're expanding Berry Fest. Um, and we have uh, kind of a, a new name, I guess, an unofficial name, but it's Backyard Berry and Fruit Fest. It's going to be really fun. Going to go for about two weeks. We're going to just talk a lot about fruit trees, berries, strawberries, blackberries, blueberries, apples, pears, all sorts of things. We're just including all sorts of different fruits and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's why I've been reading a lot. I've been putting together some uh, with some help of Gary Yandel of our Middleton store. We've been putting together some care sheets uh, for everybody to pick up at the stores. Those will be available once we get to that. We also have another uh, fruit tree spray guide um, that is already in stores. So if that's something that's been uh, difficult for you, or you haven't been too sure about, be sure to ask for one of those. Most, I think all the stores should have a copy of that available now. Uh, that was provided by Ken Carbonaro, and I did some work on that just to lay it all out. And that, it worked really good. Um, really, really excited about that one. But we got a lot of stuff about Berry Fest coming out. So I thought. Today, we could talk about some fruit tree stuff. We could talk about some pruning, some feeding, all that sort of thing. Um, and we did, we got a lot of plants starting to show up at the stores. Uh, I think this week we got uh, our first shipment of some trees, and there were some fruit trees in there. I can confirm we do have fruit trees available. I don't know if they're at all 13 stores yet, but I do know for sure they are at Chinden. Uh, and we, I think we even posted that up on Facebook. So if you're looking for that, um, or wanting to get some, get into fruit trees, now's a great time. You can start getting those plants. You know, if you, like I always say, if you can dig a hole, you can put a plant in it. So, um, if the ground is thawed enough, which it probably will be, uh, cause it's been pretty warm. You could start, you could start planting now and that's really exciting. So, uh, keep an eye out for more of that. We'll have a lot more information as we get a little bit closer to it. Uh, but for now we have, uh, the chicken class starting next week. And then we do have a sale, uh, starting. Uh, it's, uh, I think we're calling it Chuck it in the bucket or uh Bernie bucket sale. Uh, a couple of different names floating around there, but keep an eye out for that too. I think it officially starts tomorrow. So that'll be a lot of fun and uh what's cool about that, you know, you, you you get a nice nice bucket. I mean, who doesn't need another bucket for, you know, various tasks? There's lots of things you can do with it. So, um so keep an eye out for that stuff, really exciting. Lots of stuff to do and uh let's let's get into some of those things. Um so as I've mentioned a few times already, I've been spending a lot of time reading About different fruit tree care. Um, And I thought, you know, I guess I thought that I knew enough about it. But really, as I've read more and more, I realized I didn't know... I didn't know enough. <laughs> and so it was, it's been a good, it's been a good practice for me. It's been a good, just kind of a good research week as I'm looking into a lot of different things and trying to parse some of those things out and work with, uh, like I said, working with Gary to, uh, who's got a lot of practical experience. I would say I've leaned on him quite a bit. He's, he's put in some really good work, uh, the last few weeks starting to put some of that stuff together. Um, but I, uh, one of the things that we, we usually will recommend that you do for your fruit trees is a dormant spray. And uh, dormant spraying is something that you do when the tree is dormant. And there's usually a couple of different sprays that kind to of go along with that. There's uh, a, a dormant spray that is an oil. And then there's a dormant spray that is a uh, copper, a uh, liquid copper. And they both do different, they have different functions. And it kind of depends on what trees you have as to which one you'll want to do. Typically, you're going to do that copper dormant spraying in the fall, but there are times you want to do that in the spring, particularly if you have peaches, you're going to want to use a copper spray. And copper is really just meant to prevent and suppress diseases that are very common to your fruit trees. Uh, Peach leaf curl is a very common disease. It gets, uh, you know, just about in every peach. So it's something that you want to keep an eye out for if you've got a lot of peaches. Um, The other one that uh, you really want to watch out for and what you'll use copper for is fire blight. Fire blight is very destructive on your apples and pears or really anything in the rose family. So uh, hawthorns, uh, roses, There's a couple, there's a handful of others, but that's a fire blight usually doesn't show up until a little bit later in the spring. So those are what you're typically going to use your copper for. Dormant oil is a little more broad. It's going to be something you can use on just about everything. There's some timing uh, things that you have to keep in mind when you're using the dormant oil. Now what the oil does is it's actually going to uh, it actually suffocates any of the bugs that it, it coats. So as you spray your tree down, uh, that oil coats everything that's on there. And if there's ever if there's overwintering bugs or eggs or larvae, it actually suffocates those things and actually kills them. It doesn't mean that you're going to get rid of the bugs for the entire year, but it's going to slow them down dramatically. It's going to really decrease their population. It's going to give you a much Fat and better, you know, jump on spring with fewer bugs to deal with. It's going to make everything else a lot easier. Before you do dormant oil, though, there's a couple of things you got to keep in mind. And we're going to get into that here in just a moment as we go to a quick break. If you'd like to be a part of the show, we're going to talk about fruit trees, but we can talk about just about anything you want out in the lawn and garden today. Give me a call, 208 336 3700 or 1 800 529 kby This is the Zamzos Garden Show. We'll be right back. The
0: Zamzo's Garden Show will be back, right here on Newstalk 670 KBOI.
3: Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and over 30 years ago, my dad, Jim Zamzo, developed a full line of biologically correct lawn products that are kid and pet friendly. Of course, we love the fact that our products are safer for people and pets, but another important benefit of using Zamzo's lawn program sometimes gets forgotten, and that's that our products really work. And the reason why they work is because Zamzo's Lawn Food, Humo Green, and Zamzo's Recharger are all made specifically for the soils of the Treasure Valley. Which is not only why they work so well, but also why we're able to offer a money-back guarantee. Simply put, our Zamzo's Biologically Correct Lawn Program will outperform any other product you can buy or will give you your money back in fact you'll have the healthiest thickest greenest lawn in the neighborhood weeks before anyone else so if a healthy green lawn is what you want come take the zamzo's challenge make the switch to zamzo's biologically correct lawn food and go green in 2022 with zamzo's nate shellman live weekday afternoons
0: three to six on 670 kboi
2: All right, we are back for part two of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie, and uh, today I want to talk about, I want to spend some time talking about fruit trees. I've been spending a lot of time researching and reading back up on things and putting together a whole bunch of stuff for an event we have coming up in March, and so I've been really excited about it, particularly just kind of realizing some of the things I've been doing wrong. and So I want to get into some of that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, but if there's something you want to talk about, I would love to talk to you about the things that you want to talk about. And you can do that at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Those phone lines are open. And I know there's some people listening right now. They're waiting to call. Don't wait because if y'all call at the end, then I might not get to it. That's not true. I usually stay behind and, and answer all the calls that come in. But if you have a question, Call right now, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Okay, so I was talking about um, our dormant spraying. Uh, There's a couple of different things. You've got copper for a few different things. You've got dormant oil, um, which is going to be something, like I said, is going to be more broad. It's more uh, around preventing your uh, bug infestations around your trees, particularly um, I think you want to pay attention to like your apples. Um, cause codling moths are a big deal with your apples, um, peach, uh, tree borer, very destructive pest, uh, that can get into not only your peaches, but also your cherries. That was a new one I learned this week. Um, very interesting. Um, so the dormant oil, very important, something you really want to do. Um, and the thing about it is today there's a big restriction on the dormant oil. It has to be above 40 degrees when you spray. And guess what? When I was coming in, it was already above 40 degrees, um, which is a weird thing to be excited about that it's, you know, it's still, I mean, that's still pretty cold, but it's, (laughs) it's warm enough to spray dormant oil. So today would be a great day to do that. Now, if you're going to do that though, what you want to do before you spray is go ahead and do some pruning. Um, and that's what I think I'm going to actually go do when I get home right after the show, because like I said, I've been reading up about it. I got a lot of things I got to fix and correct. Um, particularly on my cherry tree, I realize my cherry tree is too tall. I got to prune it back. I got to do some a fair amount of pruning, but I don't want to do too much pruning because if you do too much pruning, you're actually going to take out those places that are going to be the fruiting areas, the places that are fruiting on your trees. So I want to get into a little bit of that. Let's start with the cherry tree. Like I mentioned, um, a couple of things I learned about cherry trees that I really just hadn't paid attention to, but I was uh, really excited to read about this weekend uh, or this week um, that cherry trees actually ha- are similar in where they fruit to uh, apples. They have actually a, what's called a fruit spur. So you have these little shoots kind of all around the tree. And uh, that spur, it's like a little twig, but that spur is actually where uh, a lot of the fruiting happens. The other thing I learned that was really interesting is you can tell which buds on the tree are fruiting and which ones are leafing buds. So the uh, leafing buds actually come to a really stiff point. So it kind of feels real pokey Where your fruiting buds are going to be more rounded. So you can actually identify as you're going through your tree and doing your pruning, you can actually identify what spots are going to have fruit on them. And so that way you can avoid pruning those out because you don't want to prune out the spots that are going to produce the fruit. Now, you also don't want to take out too many of the leafing uh, spurs or buds uh, because you do have to still have a fair amount uh, of leaf. You got to have enough leaf to support the uh, all the intake, everything that the tree needs has to have those leaves. And you don't want to take out too much of that because then you open yourself up to too much sunlight, which is a thing. Uh, but you also, uh, you know, you don't have enough light, uh, enough place surface area in those leaves to take in energy and do all the other stuff that it needs. Um, but there is also some times where you do want to spend, uh, some time f- pruning out some of those fruiting buds you do want to do some fruiting uh fruit pruning uh now typically you don't really need to do this until after they've flowered and you're starting to get fruit set uh but that is certainly something that you will want to pay attention to as it comes on actually fruit pruning is very helpful for the tree um uh, one of the things uh, I was reading in some of the stuff Gary was sending over to me is that you, one of his kind of rule of thumb is you never want to have fruit so much fruit on a branch that the branch starts to bend. The f- branch should always be able to hold up all the fruit that's on it without bending. Uh, because if it starts to bend, then you start to run into a whole bunch of other issues. It can uh, actually break at some point or it will just weaken the tree so that it breaks at some other point. And then you've got, you know, a whole but a whole nother mess of things to start dealing with. Um, so that's what you can start doing on. And now is actually kind of the ideal time to do that pruning. Today, I think, is a, a great day to do some pruning. So you can certainly prune your uh, cherry trees today. I've got, uh, two apple trees. One of them is a true dwarf. And, uh, I, um, have been looking at it thinking I really kind of messed this tree up. <laughs> I did not do a good job, uh, on, uh, on that tree. So I've got to, I've got to really kind of take a step back and figure out how I'm going to improve that tree. I think, um, I just kind of, I didn't do the pruning the way I think I should have. So I'm going to actually really take a hard look at that tree. I think I'm going to have to sacrifice a year of, uh, fruiting because I need to do more to, uh, get some more branching and, uh, kind of just get it stronger. Those branches I've noticed are, are kind of weak. And I don't think if it, many of them got a lot of fruit on them, they would be able to support that fruit. And there's a lot of branches that are growing down and kind of crossing. So I've got to do some work on that apple tree. Um, I've got another apple tree that is in much better shape, actually. I'm really happy with the way that one's turned out. I don't know why, I, how I ended up doing them so differently, um, but it happens, and then I've got a, pea, a pear tree, and the pear tree is another one I've never had a lot of luck with pears. Typically, what I find is my the pears tend to fall off before they're long before they're uh, ready, and I don't know what it is. Maybe I need to do a little bit more thinning, um, but it always seems like the pears set, and I have a good number of pears on there, and then a windstorm uh, kicks up, and I lose almost all of them. I think we got like one pair last year, but I think I have a few ideas, a few things that I can do. I think I need to do a lot of thinning on that one. There's a lot of stuff that's really close together. I need to open that one up and I'm really going to pay attention to the spacing of those fruit spurs so that I can really minimize and make sure that the fruit that is there gets a lot of energy and gets a lot of nutrients so that it can grow and stay nice and strong. So I think we can turn it around, uh, but I need to do a little bit of work on that one. Uh, So if you have any questions about your fruit trees or, you know, other things that are going on out in your tree, at your, your landscape, please give me a call 208-336-3700 or one 800 529 kboy So Um, Along with your pruning, once you've done some of that pruning, um, you can actually go to uh, then that's when you'll want to do your uh, your dormant spring. So you want to do that after you've done your pruning. Uh, So, and like I said, today's a great day to do that dormant spray. So you might as well do your pruning as well. It looks like we got a caller who asked to discuss pruning apple trees, and I'd love to get into that. But I think I'll do that on the other side of the break just because we're close to it, and I don't want to uh, not give this enough time. So let's go do that, and we will be right back here on the Zamzos Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden
0: Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI.
1: Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and for the wild birds of Idaho, the cupboard is bare. That's because most of the available food, and for that matter, available water for the wild birds, is essentially gone. But you can help them make it safely to spring by feeding the wild birds. And no store in Idaho has a bigger or better selection of wild bird feed or feeders than Zamzo's. From our popular Zamzo's Custom Blend to our Deluxe Bird Lover's Blend and our incredible Zamzo's No Sprout, all Zamzo's Wild Bird Feeds are formulated for the birds who frequent the Treasure Valley. And right now is a good time to clean, or better yet, replace your Wild Bird Feeders. And to make that easy to do, now through Monday, February 21st, buy any 14-pound or larger Zamzo's Wild Bird Feed and get 40% off any new bird feeder or wild bird accessories from Zamzo's. But don't wait. You only have till Monday to get 40% off any feeder when you buy any 14 pound or larger size bag of wild bird feed. So shop now and save big at Zamzo's.
0: Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are our news talk on KBOI.
2: All right. Hey, we are back for part three of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. If you'd like to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. Give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. We've been talking about fruit trees today, but we can always shift gears and talk about something else that might be on your mind. Right now, we have a call from Chris in Boise. Chris, how's it going? How can we help you today?
4: Thank you. Sorry I'm off topic.
2: That's all right. Uh,
4: Would you you share, and I'll be glad to hang up, um, about making uh, hot boxes. Um I've got hmm. a couple of old shower glass shower doors, and I want to use them on the top. I have some brick and thought about using that for the sides,
2: sure and
4: um uh, so I will let you be the expert and thank
2: you <laughs> okay well, yeah, you don't have to uh uh hang up if you don't want to but um but I think you've got a great start there. you've got some uh bricks are they like cinder blocks or 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 like red bricks
4: well, they're their bricks uh they're a different size they're uh, they were they were used for lining um uh, i don't know if that makes sense they're about they're they're a little bigger than a standard brick
2: okay um so uh, hot boxes are a really great way to um you can start seeds in there you can they're um typically around here they're more used for um a place to start hardening off so if you're starting seeds indoors um or you've got some plants that you've got started and um it's not quite uh getting uh, above Or it's not, I shouldn't say above, but it's, it's still freezing and getting below freezing in the, at night. Um, they won't protect you from a really, really hard, hard cold. Like if it's getting, you know, below, below freezing, um, they're probably not going to protect your plants. So you're typically not going to use them until a little bit later. Um, but what you've got should be sufficient to get started. With the bricks, unless you're like really like, uh, grouting them all in or, you know, putting some sort of cement down, um, I think you're gonna have a little too much, um, heat escape through the bricks, which you, you can still use them. What I would do is build them up. They don't actually have to be that big. Um, you can, uh, you know, uh, you kind of wanna do them on a different, uh, at a slope is kind of the traditional way, but you can do them more like a box if you want. Um, that's totally acceptable as well. Um, but what I would do is stack them up. You know, maybe a foot, two foot high is usually enough. You're not going to let your plants stay in there much higher than that. Um, stack them up, and then uh, what I would do is either get some uh, some compost or maybe even some straw. Uh, you want some sort of organic material in there that can help kind of prevent that. Uh, that weather, those, that cold draft from getting in between the cracks of those bricks. Uh, but the, the, the straw and the organic material will actually warm up that area. So as you, uh, as it gets colder, there's still going to be some decomposition, which is going to create heat and, and keep, keep them above freezing inside of that little your little your little box there. Um, using the shower door, I think that the biggest thing you're going to have to uh, worry about with the, uh, the materials you have, Kristen, is those, those cracks and getting something that fits really well. You might have to even do something uh, for the door, like maybe even using some like a weather stripping or something around the door to give yourself like some sort of seal so you can keep that door on there uh, and not let too much heat escape because you don't want to let them get too cold and you want to prevent those cold drafts from getting in there. Having a little bit is not too bad, but I think the shower door is great because you've got that kind of already, you know, put together structure. Um, and then as it starts to warm up, the way they, they, they work really well for hardening off is as the temperatures rise, you can actually prop that door open Let it cool off because it might get a little too warm in there. You let them cool off, and you kind of do your hardening off in that. So you're gonna leave the door open longer to the point where uh, your plants have become accustomed to the temperature. Um, You kind of want to put them out there based on that our average last frost date, which is around May 10th ish. Um, So you start putting your plants out there usually in. Uh, you know, mid-April or beginning of April, you can put them, start putting them out there um, and just letting them go. And you know, I wouldn't worry about them growing too much in the boxes. They shouldn't really grow too much. Actually, them being slow to grow will actually make them a lot stronger once you get to that point where you're putting them outside. So does that kind of help you, give you an idea of how to proceed with that, Chris?
4: Yeah, and uh would it, is it an advantage to line it with uh say uh black plastic? Uh
2: yeah, you could use a plastic. Um I think any kind of material um you know, plastic might hold on to um might hold on to some moisture, which is not bad. Um I think bla- I'm trying to think I think actually clear plastic might be a little bit better um just because it's not going to have the heat retention that a black can you don't really want it to you want it to be warm but you don't want it to be too warm do you know what i mean chris if it gets too warm the plants are going to grow too much and they're going to get leggy and that's really not what not what what you want with a, a box like that so i might use a clear plastic you could even probably use something like um i would it's like a like the weed cloth that you would put down in a, on a, in a flower bed, you know, and then put bark over it or whatever. Even something like that could even help prevent that, that temperature and won't have as much, uh, heat retention just because of the, the type of material that it is. Um, I'm trying to think of what else might be good for something like that. Aside from the other way you could go is you could actually, you could probably even, um, put like, uh, you could probably get something like a, a straw or a hay bale and kind of build, put the hay bales around it. So you kind of build up, you're kind of doing two different things there. Um, you, you put those hay bales around the outside of it. Um, and that'll protect mm-hmm. it from coming in. And then once you're ready, um, to start planting, you can actually then use those hay bales as your mulch in the actual garden. Um, so you kind of do dual purpose there. And I think that might be even a good way to do it. And then, um, you're kind of, yeah, you're getting a little bit more out of it. Um, I think that might be a good way to go as well. And that'll actually hold on to a lot of heat and really prevent a lot of stuff from getting in there, if that makes sense.
4: I hadn't thought about the bales. So any suggestions on soil? Do
2: uh, I, I, you mean for inside the box?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I would just do, because you're not going to, yeah, because you're not really planting them in there. You're just kind of setting them in there. So I would just use okay. something like a compost. Um, you know, cause then you can just refill it a little bit every now and then if it starts to get too low. Um, but the nice thing about a compost is that it's going to, it's still composting. So that, Mm -hmm. that generates some heat. So that's going to kind of help them through the cooler part of the night. Um, you know, it's not going to do as much composting, but it'll retain enough heat and generate enough heat uh that uh it, it should protect those plants during the the coldest part of the night and that's okay. that's really all i would do you know and you probably don't even need that much maybe a couple inches in the bottom of it should be plenty
4: so okay so depth i understand so if the the plants could even be in individual pots
2: absolutely you know? yeah Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and that's what All I right. I that's how I would recommend you do it. You know, plant them, put them in your pots or whatever it is you want to do because then once they're grown up enough and we're closer to that last frost, then you're really just taking them from your hot box to your garden and you're planting them in the garden or whatever other thing you have. Um, now I suppose if you wanted to use it as a year long thing, you could go higher and then at some point you kind of take the door off and now you've got a planter box. So that's another way to, if you're Uh going to go that direction, then I would do a mixture of topsoil and compost. I would tend to go, um, probably like I would say maybe four to five inches of topsoil and then put your two or three, uh, inches of compost on top and then kind of work it in, shovel it in. Um, and then you've got a good mix. So then you could plant right in it and then you've kind of got dual purpose there as well. So really cool idea. I think you have there, you could be onto something, Chris.
4: (laughs) All I need to do is patent it. All right. Thank you. You have a good day. Yeah. thanks
2: Thanks for the call, Chris. I appreciate that. And, uh, it's exciting to start talking about, uh, uh, gardening stuff. I was looking at it. I actually, every, uh, week, uh, I've been coming into the, uh, into the studio here the last few weeks. Every time I get here, I, I always look up how many more days is it until spring? And, uh, guess what folks? It's only 29 days. We're less than a month away from the official start of spring, which is just super exciting. I got so many things I want to do this spring, um, that I hope I have enough time. um, Actually, uh, one of the things I've been thinking about, I'm going to just do a little segue because we're really we're close to the break and I don't want to dive right into another thing here um, because I do have uh, another call and uh, somebody wanted to talk about fruit trees. I mean, a little bit of segue. We'll get into those last few things here in the, in the, in the last part. Um, I've been really excited about last year I tried my first attempt at looking for morels and I didn't have any success. <laughs> uh, but... It just made me, like, stronger. Like, I want to do more. I want to try again this year. So I'm really excited about uh, spring showing up and getting some spring rains and getting out there to start looking for wild mushrooms because morels are just delicious. And you can just find them. They're just out there. They're just doing their thing. So, uh, okay, let's see. Should we go? Do you think we should go ahead and go to break? Okay, yeah, let's go to break. We'll come back. We got one more segment. We got Doug on the line. Doug, sorry, I'm going to get to you here in just a moment on the Zamzo's Garden Show on
0: KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News
3: Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Joss Samzo. and buy your produce at the grocery store, but buy your garden seeds at Samzo's. It's true, garden seed racks are popping up all over the valley, from grocery to discount stores. But Idaho's largest and best selection of garden seeds and seed starting supplies is now in at Samzo's. So why wait or worry about supply chain issues when the seeds you need are available right now, right around the corner at Samzo's. This year, we're welcoming back our premier local seed supplier, Snake River Seeds. We also have a huge selection of Livingston Seeds and our own Zanzos brand seeds in many popular varieties. What's more, we also carry seed starting supplies like heat mats, seed trays, and the right seed starting mix you need to avoid dampening off. So buy your produce at the grocery store, but buy your garden supplies from the stores that have been helping folks grow their own food for almost 90 years. Samso's, 13 stores to serve you, including Fairview between Curtis and Cole. Nobody
0: knows
5: like Samso's.
3: The Ben Shapiro Show,
0: weekdays from 1 to 3 on 670 KBOI.
2: All right, we are back for part four of the ZAMZO's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and uh, let's go right to Doug. Doug in Meridian, how's it going? How can I help you today?
5: I guess I can still say good morning.
2: Yeah, Um, you can. We've got a few more minutes.
5: (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, The two things you mentioned about the fruit trees, um, the um, definition of a flower and, and then the leaf. Yeah, What were those? Oh, yeah. So
2: the buds on, uh, I would imagine it's probably similar on some of the other trees, but for uh, I don't remember reading it about apple trees, but on your cherry trees, the the flowering bud will be rounded on the top um, and then the leafing buds will be sharp, kind of come to a point so you can actually tell the difference. And it probably is like that on a lot of plants. Um I've just never really noticed. Which is awesome because there's a lot of things I still learn about. It's always cool. I love gardening.
5: <laughs> um, the one I have is the ornamental plum tree.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and well so uh it'd be interesting to actually to take a look at that, you know, because I would have, even the ornamental plums will occasionally flower or uh leaf uh produce. So um Yes it does. Does it? Yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you've cleaned a, few, cleaned a few cleaned a few up, but- yeah. Uh yeah, it's always it's always interesting. It's was always weird on those, but you know, they how they they get that to to happen, you know. They, so usually there should be a male and a female and they probably just uh something got wonky with it. So plants are amazing though. You know, things that they shouldn't do, they do sometimes and things they don't do, they do. It's just it's wild. So but yeah, you can yeah. probably tell. Now have you ever done the uh
5: the fruit eliminator spray on it, Doug? No. No, you should I give that a many of the Plums. It's a maybe probably about twelve feet high. Oh, gotcha. It was put in five years ago. Okay.
2: Well, yeah, you might be able to go in and find those and uh, and just you know pluck them out. I mean, then you don't get flowers, and that's one of the nice things about those ornamental uh, plums and things is they do they have really nice flowers. Um, So you get leave it
5: for the birds to eat anyway.
2: Sure, there you go. You feed the birds with them. (laughs) Very good.
5: Any way to feed the birds?
2: (laughs) To keep the birds happy. Yeah. That All right. Cool. Thanks for the call, Doug. Appreciate it. Let's get into some apple tree pruning. We had a customer – how do you say customer? We had a caller um, call in, didn't stay on the line, but wanted to uh, talk about apple tree pruning, which I think is uh, is always a good one. I think really the, the big thing when it comes to pruning is um, – I think there's a lot of intimidation, especially when it comes to uh, the fruit trees, because there there can be a lot of things to it. There's a lot of things to look out for and really just pruning in general. I think it's a, just kind of an intimidating process. Um, and really what I would say is, you know, that first off. Keep this rule in mind. There's a, when it comes to pruning, keep these rules in mind. OK, and this this will get you like honestly get you like 90 percent of the way. Um, And this goes for apple trees, pear trees, flowering, non-flowering, shade trees, whatever. Keep these rules. They're very simple. Um, You're going to always want to take out anything that's dead or dying. You want to take out any branches that are crossing one another. So typically, you know, one will be a little more dominant. Usually I would take the top, one that's growing over the top. Take out the one that's on the bottom. Not always the case, but usually... Um, take out anything that's growing straight down and take out anything that's growing back towards the inner part of the tree. Okay. That goes, these rules go for any tree that you're dealing with. Those are things that should always be taken out or should always be pruned out. The other big one is try not to take off more than 10% of the entirety of the tree out at a time. If you stick to those things, even on your fruit trees, like I said, you're like 90% of the way there. I might've said 75. I don't actually remember what percentage I said, but you're almost there. So keep those things in mind. And also, um, I just, uh, I like to do, I, I release you. <laughs> I release you to just give it a try and, and don't do too much. If you, if you, if you think you're, you're doing too much or you're getting to a spot where you think you've messed something up, just take a break, take a step back, reassess, calm, you know, calm, your, you know, take a deep breath. Um, you, you have to really try to ruin the tree. Um, uh, in, in most cases, um, for the most part, like, like those things I said, keep those things in mind. Don't, don't take out anything that's dead or dying, crossing, growing in, growing down, do those things. You're, you're almost there. Okay. Now when it comes to apples specifically, I mentioned those fruit spurs, And from what I can tell, I think that's probably the biggest thing to get used to, is that your apple tree produces these little spurs. It's just a little bit of a twig. It's going to come off a bigger part of the twig or the branch. You're going to have a little, just a little twig. It's not going to be that long, like at most a couple inches. And that's this fruit spur. That's where it's going to set flowers. That's where it's going to bloom. That's where that bloom is going to turn into fruit. And those are the things you want to look out for. Don't take too many of those fruit spurs off. You want to keep them about four to six inches apart. If you can, if they're closer than that, you can go ahead and prune out the one that is the weakest. Um, and then really it, it, the other part to it is going to be, um, fruit pruning. So just pay attention to those, those, those those spurs. Notice where they are. If you're going to take out a branch or you think you need to take one out, look at how many spurs are on there. Maybe don't take the entire branch out. There is quite a bit of difference when you have a very young tree, um, what they would call maybe a whip or even a one or two-year-old tree. A whip is going to be a tree that hasn't branched yet. Um, those are very, very young, probably only a year at most, maybe two um and then they'll start branching out. And then once they, when they're really young, there's a little bit more nuance to it there. And you could probably cause a little more issue with that one. In those cases, I would say less is more. Try to take off. They'll do what is called a tip pruning. So once it, it, it is branching, you've got a, a new branch coming out. Um, it's going to have a term, what's called the terminal bud. That's going to be the first bud on the end of that branch. You can actually take that terminal bud out to the next bud. Um, but don't take it off too much, I'm about maybe you know, 15 to 25% of the entire thing. But let it grow out a little bit. Let those branches grow out for a while and do you know just less is more. And you can always come back to it. If it's growing um too much, you can always prune it, you know, do that tip pruning, and that'll encourage more branching. Okay? So um, hopefully that answers some of the uh, callers' questions um, or helps them out. I hope that helps you out. I think pruning is, it, it like I said, it can be very intimidating. I was, I was kind of fortunate, I guess, that when I went to school, I worked on campus and I was kind of given free reign. To butcher some plants <laughs> that weren't my own. Um, but I also had, you know, some people with me that could kind of teach me those, those, those first few rules. Um, and those have always stuck with me. I think if you, if you really just stick to that part, um, those really simple things um about it. The other one, I guess actually as I think about it, there's one more that you probably just want to m- notice and that's uh, a part- it's not going to be on every tree, but particularly like your cherry trees, things that tend to be in like uh cherries and plums, um they will tend to sucker or um grow water sprouts, so you'll get um parts of those where they just shoot up like really cr- fast in one year. And those you can always take out. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. Um Take them out because all they're doing is taking energy away from your the rest of the plant, and they're they're never going to flower. They're never going to branch. They're just going to grow super tall and just be uh you know boring boring branches that don't do anything for you. So you can take those out at any time. And then when it comes to fruit pruning, um, you really when you have those fruit spurs, you're going to have a cluster. Usually they're going to produce you know three to five. Um, it's always kind of interesting. Roses tend to do things in threes and fives. Um, they're very odd. <laughs> um, but, uh, as they set those fruit, just reduce the number of are there, right? Because if you have a whole bunch of fruit in that cluster, you're going to have a whole bunch of small apples, um, which might not be bad if you want to produce a whole bunch of, you know, jam or whatever. I don't know. Um, but don't be afraid to prune some of those out. Let some of that fruit get bigger. It's going to be sturdier, and that gives a lot more sugar and, and taste into the, the, the one bigger fruit that you have. So keep those things in mind. I hope that helps, um, and we are just about out of time. So thank you all for the calls today. appreciate it. Go out there. Enjoy that sunshine. It's beautiful today, and uh, we will talk to you next week here on the Zamzos Garden Show on KBY.
3: Hi this is Joss Zamzo and did you know that a houseplant from Zamzo's is good for your health? That's because houseplants do the opposite of what we do when we breathe. They release oxygen and absorb carbon dioxide. That not only freshens the air, but it also eliminates harmful toxins. In fact studies show that indoor houseplants improve concentration and productivity by up to 15% and can elevate your mood. And as you've probably noticed, Zamzo's has dramatically increased our selection of houseplants at all 13 stores. And while selection varies at each location, most stores have a full array of foliage plants, succulents, and cactus in all sizes. And if you have a particular type of plant that does well for you, we can add to it with new varieties. And remember, houseplants make wonderful gifts for any occasion. So in 2022, give the gift of green with a beautiful houseplant from Zamzos. 13 stores to serve you, including Fairview between Curtis and Cole.
4: Nobody knows.